You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights, which help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up to date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. I'm your host, Mithul Shah. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stacks with technographic intent and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mithul Shah. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Stacy Justice about outcome-based approach to sales enablement. Stacy is the Vice President of Sales Strategy and Enablement for Workfront. In this role, she is responsible for enabling the global sales organization to be the most successful discipline and professional enterprise sales team in the industry. Stacy brings more than a couple decades worth of experience working with sales and marketing teams in B2B software companies. Stacey, I'm super excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mitchell. I'm really excited to be here as well. So Stacey, before the show, we were having this conversation about, you know, sales enablement and how sometimes, you know, people don't really understand what sales enablement sales enablement is. Can we start and double click on what does sales enablement really mean? Sure thing. It's funny. Enablement is such an all-encompassing word. And I think that the concept of sales enablement um, can kind of can be really broad. But to me, sales enablement is ensuring the sales team has everything they need from strategy, skills, process, message, just to be the most successful team that they possibly can. And again, you know, this is a broad definition, but the reality is that everyone in the company should think of them as think of themselves as enabling a sales team. In, I lead the sales team at Workfront um, and the sales enablement team at Workfront to help them provide the direction to those other teams that are supporting the sales team, but then also to look inside of the sales team to develop knowledge and skills they need to help them become the most professional and disciplined sales team in the industry. Very interesting. So in in this whole aspect of the sales enablement, sales enablement as a journey, uh, I understand that when you got started at, at Workfront, you know, this role did not exist. And then somehow you guys discovered it and then decided to build a build a whole new team. And, you know, you, you led the charter. What was the journey like? Why did you guys even discover or how did you discover and decided to build this as a function? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I've spent a lot of my time and career doing sales enablement across different departments. And most of that time was spent in marketing, really focused on helping a sales team from there. Um, in 2015, about five years ago, I was asked uh, at Workfront to move from the marketing team over into the sales organization to create um, this official sales enablement team. Um, it's interesting because I didn't believe there would be that much of a change in terms of moving from sales to marketing, um, but it really was that I didn't know what I didn't know. And so kind of the perspective of being inside the sales team helped me kind of being in the trenches, understanding what the sales team was doing, building relationships with the sales um, reps from a perspective that you can't really do outside of uh, sales. And so the journey within Workfront to build this team within the sales organization um, has been really important. I think it's that perspective, that credibility, um, and it's enabled us to really better identify gaps in our sales process, our sales skills, and the knowledge that is needed to basically critically critically fill and filling in those gaps to help them to be more successful. 
Interesting. So was was there was this like because the company was growing very rapidly, or you saw the gap within, you know, within the sales team where they were, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. What what led to you know you guys actually thinking about it, or your leadership team, or your CEO thinking about it and saying, you know, we need this function. I think there were t- I think there was two things. I think the first thing was that the company was growing really fast. The sales team was expanding. We needed a way to be able to create and kind of develop the skills that this t- team needed to really sell into the enterprise clients. I think the second thing was we needed consistency. And so as you go from having a rapidly growing team getting in, understanding, maybe dissecting that buying process. How are, the, how are our buyers buying? What do we need to do to be repeatable, to then ultimately do things like improve forecast accuracy um, that really helps kind of ensuring that consistency in the business across the line? And I think those were two gaps and two things that Workfront was really facing at the time um, that we were able to kind of step in from an enablement perspective um, and really kind of create that consistency that we needed. Got it. Got it. No, that makes that makes total sense. I mean, we at Demand Matrix have have been through this process so many times, and it it almost kind of feels that the as we all are kind of working more remotely and more and more remotely going forward, if you do not have a documented process or you know a a, a methodology or consistency around this, it you know these functions going to break down really fast. Yeah. Yep. So you know when you know so i guess this is an obvious question and i'm sure you get this asked you know many times is that in this function of sales enablement you know and especially with the situation what's happening with covid and every company and business is thinking about roi and making sure that they are spending money on you know which is most effective how how do you justify you know sales enablement function and roi around it that's a really great question. Um, I think that the biggest thing is that you have to tie your sales enablement programs and training to business outcomes. You know, sales enablement is a lot more than just training. Sales enablement is tied to increasing pipeline. It's tied to velocity of a sales cycle, closing deals faster, forecast accuracy. There's skills, there's resources and things that need to go into place that need to be in, to, in place before you can tr- to be able to truly improve those metrics. And so from my perspective, especially in today's environment, the measurements that sales enablement is measuring themselves against and considering success has to be tied to something specific that's improving the business, not to things like completing a course or a certification or things. Those are important, but there's steps to get you to improving that business justification, improving that business outcome, um, and directly tying that to ROI. And I think that if a sales enablement team can do that and they can measure themselves against the business outcome, the ROI is demonstrated, but it also ties them closer to the sales team and what matters to the sales team and makes them more relevant and credible to those teams in order to influence and and continually um, enable those teams on the things that they need to be successful. Very interesting. So, you know, if I'm a company thinking about sales enablement, um, you know, they have thought about it, should we start it or not? With situations like COVID, is this a good time to do sales enablement, <clears throat> sales enablement 
Should we think about it or should we wait? It's interesting. I think COVID has kind of changed the game, especially for a lot of enterprise selling companies. And I think that sales enablement has actually become even more important. Um, For example, um, companies that have a strong enterprise sales team probably have a team that's used to being able to take their prospects or customers out to lunch or get on a plane and take them to dinner, um, build relationships in person, have meetings with, you know, lots of people in the room. And the nature of that has really changed. And so one of the things that I that I see across the industry and what I see um, also within Workfront is that sales enablement is playing an even more critical role today. And so as companies are looking at how do I make my sellers better digital sellers? How do I help them embrace technology? How do I help them in situations where they may never meet their prospect face-to-face? Um, enablement becomes a really key part of that, especially if you have reps who have been selling for decades in one way and now they have to change. Um, so I think that organizations should really be looking at sales enablement and how can they use that to improve their sales team and their results overall. That is such a such a, a you know profound statement because you know if you are selling to B two B an enterprise rep and who are used to you know traveling and meeting people face to face and taking them out for dinner, all this thing has stopped, and you need definitely a process and a skill. And that's you know some of them may not even have that skill now, right? How to sell remotely. Exactly. Exactly. Relationship-based selling, and some people really rely on that, you know, that's just not there anymore, or it's very different. And so, yeah, there's a change that has to come into that. Interesting. So is there such a thing as as a timing component when it comes to sales and involvement as a function? Like if I'm I'm just a young startup with eight, 10 people or five people getting started, is that the right time to think about it? Or if you get to certain scale, that's when sales enablement makes sense. I believe, and maybe I'm a little biased in this, but I actually believe that sales enablement, the company should start looking at sales enablement early, early. They should start looking at it when they start to create a sales team. And I, I say that in the way that it doesn't have to be sophisticated. It doesn't have to be, you know, a complex team. It can be a person, but who's focused on understanding what does the buying process look for this solution in this company? What type of a sales process do we really have? How do we build a foundation so that we can have a repeatable process? Or, you know, um, as we bring in more reps, how do we effectively onboard them so they onboard faster? Um, And I think that starts when you start building a sales team. Um, So I think that, you know, companies should start looking at this in kind of the early part of their formation. Uh, But again, it doesn't have to be complex when you start um, it can grow in responsibility and size or, you know, by nature of how you're growing the sales team. But I think that having a sales enablement function early is really important. Yeah, I think companies are already doing something at some level, right? I mm-hmm. think, you know, trying to put it a, put a structure around it. I think that's that's fabulous. Um, so as, as part of that, you know, is are there certain foundational things or something that you would recommend that, okay, if you are you know, if you're thinking about this as a function, start from here or think about this or maybe get executive sponsorship or where, where would you start? What would you, you know, what would be the, the, the foundational guidelines for this? Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I will say I had a bit of a luxury at Workfront in the fact that I was able to um, create the team. And so when I look back at the foundational elements that I used and I think are really important and I would, I would do this again, I, did, I focused on two things. The first is understanding that buying process 
How do our buyers buy? And in this instance, you know, if you're coming into and building a sales enablement team with a with a group of reps who have been established for a while, how are your successful reps buying? Don't recreate the or selling. Don't recreate the wheel, but understand what's happening and dissect that and analyze that and build a process that's going to work. The second thing that I think is incredibly important is onboarding. As you're building a team, as you're bringing in new reps, being able to get those reps ramped and productive quickly is really important. And it also sets the foundation to be able to train those new reps on a standard, a process that works. Um, and so those are onboarding and understanding the buying process are the two things that I would really focus on. That's fantastic. So if I were to summarize it, focus on your buying process, learn from the successful rep and see if you can build the process from them and then double click on onboarding process, document it. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever is the right process to do that, and that becomes the the foundational pillar to get started with. That's that's my approach. That's what I that's what I believe uh, can help start the successful enablement program for sure. No, I mean I I I couldn't agree more with you. I mean as as we have explored it, you know, even within our business, I don't know how many times. Actually, this is so interesting. I was having the same conversation this morning with the team. Is like if you have to do this, have the same conversation a couple times, then yeah, there's something definitely broken in this process, and we need to really figure it out. Yeah. So it, you know, before the interview, you know, you were talking about how passionate you are about this, and uh, you know, about the sales and enablement society that you're part of, uh, and you know, you're leading some charter, you're helping shape this function within companies. Can you uh, guide us or, or talk to our audience about how somebody can learn about it, how they can join, and how can they be part of this this uh, society if they wanted to? Sure thing. So the Sales Enablement Society is an organization. It was founded, I don't know, maybe five years ago, national organization um, that's really focused on creating best practices um, and extending the discipline of sales enablement through companies. Um, we created a, a chapter in Utah. We founded a chapter in Utah a few years ago. Um, it's become one of the you know best resources for sales enablement professionals to use, both from networking, lessons learned. We meet regularly. We talk about challenges. We learn from each other. And I think it's really helped to push the entire discipline of sales enablement forward and improve the adoption. So um, if anyone's interested in sales enablement, I would highly recognize, I, I would highly recommend going to their website, the Sales Enablement Society website. There are chapters all over the world um, which are focused on, you know, local networking, local lessons learned, and there's also national events and things. But um, I think the Sales Enablement Society uh should take a lot of credit for the adoption and the influence that sales enablement has throughout so many companies today. Very cool. Is is it the sales enablement society.com? What's what's a what's a URL for it? I think it's sales enablement society.org. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, Stacey, thank you so much. You know, I think this was a great conversation. I'm sure our audience is going to get a lot of value out of this. So thanks for being on our show. I really enjoyed having you on our podcast today. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.